Welcome to this week's sermon from Heights Worship Center. We believe God has something for you today. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. All right, amen. Come on, give God praise today. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for blessing us with mercies that are new every morning. If it was not for your great love, we would be consumed. Great is your faithfulness. We say of the Lord, you are our lot, our portion, our inheritance. Therefore, we wait upon you. As we get into the word today, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that are tender and responsive. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say, I receive by faith. God's word for me. Amen. Let's turn on one of the lights. You got your Bibles. We're going to be in Matthew chapter, chapter, that was hard to say, 13. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 13 today. And uh, the BEP is about the importance of listening and responding to God. We need to learn to develop the habit of hearing and responding to what the Spirit is saying. Amen? So to grow, to mature, to become more like Christ, we have to develop the discipline of spending time listening every day to God and learning how to respond in obedience. This is what enables us to become more like Christ. This is what will empower us to fulfill the mission of partnering with God to transform the world around us. So we're going to look at the parable of the farmer scattering seed. I'm gonna rename this, okay? Because Jesus didn't name the parable, so I can change it. Here we go, I'm gonna call it the parable of the soil, and you're gonna understand why. I'm gonna read from the Passion Translation this morning, verse three. Speaking of Jesus, he taught them many things by using stories, parables to illustrate spiritual truth, saying, consider this, there was a farmer who a farmer. Wow, you guys got to wake up this morning. Okay, tap your neighbor. Say, wake up. All right, maybe you got to like move a little bit. We got to like, you know, we're so like, oh, that Ate Lolita was so pretty. She just relaxed us so much. I felt like we were on the beach in Hawaii, praising Jesus. And now we're all like so mellow. Okay, well, now it's my turn. Let's wake up a little. So who went out to sow? A farmer. All right. I just want to make sure you're with me. There was a farmer who went out to sow seeds. As he cast his seeds, some fell along the beaten path, and the birds came and ate them. Others fell onto gravel that had no topsoil. They quickly shot up, but when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered. Why? Because they had insufficient roots. Others fell among the thorns so that when they sprouted, the thorns choked them. Ooh, dangerous. But other seed fell on good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. What kind of harvest? Do you want a good harvest in your life? All right, let's find out how. Some yielded 30, 60, and some even 100 times as much as he planted. If you're able to understand this, read it. Then you need 
to respond. So even Jesus said, it's not enough just to hear what I'm saying. You've got to learn how to understand it and respond. Now, scripture, if we're honest, can be confusing. There's a lot of things that we read on face value, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's why it's so important that we make a habit of getting in and reading scripture, asking Holy Spirit to help us understand so that we can respond accordingly. Let's keep reading in verse 10. Then his disciples approached Jesus and asked, why do you always speak to people in these hard-to-understand parables? <laughs> Even the disciples had a hard time understanding. He explained, you've been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden mysteries of the realm of kingdoms heaven, but they have not. For everyone who listens with a what? Open heart will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. What is our theme for 2024? Go for more. So we need to learn to listen to God's word with an open heart. Because when we have an open heart to receive what he's saying, not only will he give us understanding, but we get progressively more. Until we have what? More than enough. And I'll tell you that more than enough is not barely getting by. That more than, above, more than enough is excessive. Because that's how he is. Let's read the next verse. But those who don't listen, uh-oh. But those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart. Now he's getting into the next unlocking of what the kind of heart that we should have. Not just an open heart, but an open, teachable heart. Some people are laughing. <laughs> but those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart, even the understanding they think they have will be taken from them. Mm. That's why I teach the people using parables. Because they think they're looking for truth. Yet because their hearts are unteachable, they never discover it. Although they will listen to me, they never fully perceive the message I speak. So again, Jesus is saying, you can listen and not understand. I don't know if you've ever had that, ever been in college, you listen to a lecture and you walk out going, huh? I did when I had the cardiology lecture in my peds class. I walked out and I was like, I have no idea what they just talked about. And that's the same way even sometimes in the word of God, going to church, God, I don't really understand. But you know, he wants us to understand. I want you to say that God wants me to understand. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to understand. <laughs> Let's keep reading. The prophecy of Isaiah describes them perfectly. Although they listen carefully to everything I speak, they don't understand a thing. They look and pretend to see, but the eyes of their hearts are closed. It's like this. God, show me what you want. God, show me what you want. How come I can't see it, Lord? Because you don't really want to see. I've been there. I've asked God a question, but I really didn't want to know. His answer. Because I knew his answer wasn't my answer. Uh-oh. Can we be real in this church? Anybody can understand? 
come on. And then the next one says, although they listen carefully to everything I speak, they don't understand a thing I say. I remember there was something I was seeking the Lord about that was significant in my life. And I was like, God, what about this? And then he literally showed me one day. He's like, this is what you look like. God, give me the answer. You know when you're a kid and you're, well, I have siblings, and they're annoying you? I can't hear you. You know when you talk to a kid and they're looking right at you, but you know they're not listening. The Holy Spirit was like, Don, that's what you look like to me. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're right, Lord, because I know your answer and I don't like it. So, I mean, I'm trying to be spiritual and pray about it, but the honesty is I've closed my ears. And we got to be so careful that we don't close our ears to hear what he is saying. They look and pretend to see, but their eyes are closed. Their minds are dull and slow to perceive. Their ears are plugged, <laughs> hard of hearing. And they have deliberately shut their eyes to the truth. Otherwise, they would open their eyes to see. They would open their ears to hear and open their minds to understand. And then they would turn to me and I would instantly heal them. Side note before we move on. This portion, this scripture, you can pray over someone you're wanting to come to know Jesus or a prodigal who needs to return home. God, I pray that their eyes would be open and they would really see, that their ears would hear and their hearts would be tender and responsive so that they would turn to you and be healed. Lord, we pray that over ourselves this morning, that our ears would be open, our eyes would really be open for real, and that you would give us a tender and responsive heart so that we would turn to you and be healed. Now, Jesus takes a moment to explain this principle before he explains the parable. Because the disciples came to him after he tells the story, and he's like, why do you talk like this? Like, what are you really trying to say? What does this parable mean? And before Jesus dives in to give them the explanation of the parable, he gives them a little teaching. He gives them the principle. Because he's explaining to them, it's not enough that I explain to you the meaning. You have to be ready to hear it and respond. You need to be in a posture to truly listen to receive. You need to be in a posture where you're willing to have an open, teachable heart. Because if you don't, no matter what I say, it's going to bounce off of you. It's just not going to sink in. So he says, get, you've got to learn to have your ears and eyes open, your spiritual ears, your spiritual eyes. Your heart needs to be open and teachable so that you can hear and receive and respond or you will miss out. I love that about Jesus. He doesn't want us to miss out. He doesn't want any of us here to miss out on the good things that he has to teach us. So he says there's two kind of hearts. Okay? Two kind of hearts. The open and the closed. And he says the open heart is a teachable heart. Everybody say teachable. And a closed heart is unteachable. Do you know the number one ingredient to a teachable heart? is humility. I learned in a Nazarite training that when you're a child, you learn out of curiosity. Why? Why? Why is, this, why is the sky blue? Uh, it's reflecting off of water in the atmosphere. Why? Uh, because that's the way God made it. Why? Okay, kid, I don't know. Right? Like, there's, there's curiosity about kids that want to know. 
And that curiosity causes them to learn and to ask questions. But when we grow up, in order to learn, it takes humility. As adults, we might think, I already know the answer. I already know what's best. I'll just Google it if I don't. I got an education. I've got some achievements. I've got some things that I can hang my belt on. It takes humility to have an open, teachable heart. And if you do so, the Bible says you'll get more and more revelation, more and more understanding. You want to know why some people have it? Because they tune their heart to hear and respond to what God is saying. It's not because they're God's favorite and you're not. It's not because they're more spiritual than you. We are all equal in the eyes of Jesus through his blood and righteousness. Come on, that should make us excited. So you have what you've been willing to receive. I'm, I love you, but I'm going to say it again. You have what you've been willing to receive. You can listen and not respond or do anything about it. And this is so true. Like, I could preach you the best word I could preach. But if you leave here and do nothing with it, that's out of my hands, y'all. I did my part. You sleep through it? Oh, well, that's on you, not me. I'm not boring. You are. Hey, look, I've, I've fallen asleep a time or two. I'm not trying to. <laughs> it happens. We're humans. But my point is this. If you want more, you have to be willing to receive and respond to what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you. So, I, verse 14 and 15, it says, even the little you have, even the little you think you have, you're going to lose it. And these verses here, 14 and 15, they outline what it's like to go through the motions. You, you have eyes open, but really you don't. You act like you're listening, but on the inside, you say, oh, show me Jesus. And our heart is closed off. You sit at church, but you don't listen and hear a thing. You go to Bible study, but you leave with nothing. You look like you're present, but you're really absent. <laughs> and he warns us against being closed-minded, dull, and hard of hearing. So we're going to look into this on how we can position ourselves to receive more and more revelation. Because that's what it's about. I want to know Jesus more and more. Because the answer to every problem you face is Jesus. The solution of every situation you find yourself in is found in Jesus. You need wisdom? He's Jesus. Proverbs 4, capital W, Jesus. You need a way? He's the way. Who makes a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, when you need healing, he's Jehovah Rapha. When you need peace, he is the Prince of Peace. When you need justice, he's a God of justice. I'm telling you, everything you and I need is found in Jesus. The problem is we get distracted. And we forget. Help us remember Jesus. Go for more. We need more of Jesus. More understanding of the scripture. More revelation. What are we going for more? Not more programs. More presence of Jesus. Not personality. Jesus. Not amazing social marketing, branding. No. Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. That's why that song, Give Me Jesus. I don't know about you, but all week long, I'm just find myself singing that song. And it's not because it's catchy. It's because it's just the cry of my heart right now. Give me Jesus. 
All right, let's get into the explanation in verse 19. Skip down, verse 19. We're going to listen to the explanation. Jesus says this, what was sown along the path represents the one who listens to the message of the kingdom but doesn't understand it. The adversary then comes and snatches away what was sown into his heart. So this soil represents a hard heart. These are the people whose hearts are closed off. It's hard. The seed falls on it, but it can't penetrate into it. Jesus said this is the kind of heart that is closed. It's unteachable. This is, this is the kind of heart where truth cannot get past the exterior. It's a hardness of heart that makes it unresponsive. I'm telling you one thing, church. Even though you and I are saved by faith, many of us here, hopefully everybody, but we're saved by faith in Christ, there could be still areas of our heart that are hard. Because I don't know if you've ever tried to plant a garden, but you got to dig up the soil. Now, I came from Arizona, and the soil in Arizona is hard as a rock. Now, when we were kids, my dad did not believe in allowance. It was, you want allowance? What's that? A roof. Uh-huh. What are you sleeping? A bed. What you wearing? Clothes. What do you eat? Food. That's your allowance. But dad, my best friend, he's like, I don't care about your best friend. You live here. And so one summer he said, if you want to earn some money, you could pull weeds out of the backyard. We had a grass area. We had a lot of dirt. So we would pull the weed. And we had to get the whole root. If we didn't get the root, we didn't get paid. Now, I don't want to make my dad look bad. I've learned this lesson, and it served me well in a lot of ways. But he gave us one penny per root. So if I wanted a dollar, I'd have pulled a hundred. And I had to get the whole root. And so we would pull them, and we'd count them up, and he'd give us whatever we pulled that day. And in the back of the yard, this big dirt pile, the dirt was hard as a rock because we live in a desert. And there were some weeds that were like this tall. And I remember thinking to myself, I bet you if I pull this out, Dad will give me $5 for it. So I start working on it. <laughs> Nothing's happening. I'm pulling with all my might. And you know what happened? My hand slid off and I fell back and the root stayed. And I remember looking at it. I must have been like eight years old. And I remember looking at it and being like, I need water. The ground's too hard. I need water. So I went and got water. Water, water. Try to pull on it. Water, I dig around it. I pulled out that root. It took me forever, by the way. The root was like this long. When dad came home, I was like, dad, look at this. And he's like, whoa. And I said, how much are you going to give me for this? He's like, a penny. Like, that was the agreement. Okay, dad, slash Jesus. I mean, some of these parables, Jesus says the same thing. <laughs> he probably gave me more. I don't remember. But the point is, when, when the ground is hard, it takes a lot of work to make it able to be fertile soil. It takes a lot of watering of the word of God. Ephesians says that we are to be, we are to be cleansed and washed with the water of the word of God. The Holy Spirit is living waters in us. Sometimes the only answer to the areas of hardness in our heart is the Holy Spirit's work. And we need to be willing to let him deal with the hardness of our heart. So what causes hardness? Pride. Right? What else causes hardness? Unforgiveness. What else can cause hardness of heart? 
Maybe you've been through a lot of abuse and trauma. It can harden your heart. Maybe you've had a lot of disappointments. It can harden your heart. There are a lot of things in this world that can harden our heart. But in Christ, we have the resources of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to do a work to change our hearts from stone to flesh. And we'll read that scripture in a little bit. And so, close-minded, I already know it. I've already read the Bible. <laughs> Why do I need to keep reading the Bible? Because it's living and active, and I don't care how many times you've read it, there is still more to discover. I don't care if you grew up in church. I grew up in church. Why do I need to ask the Lord? You probably need to ask the Lord more because you grew up in church. <laughs> and you need to get some right thinking. Got to get some right thinking. We need to be responsive. Let's keep going. Sake of time, we're going to move on. Verse 20 and 21. The one sown on gravel represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, troubles and persecutions come because of the kingdom message he received. Then he quickly falls away, for the truth did not sink deeply into his heart. So Jesus says there's a second kind of heart or second kind of soil. It's the shallow one where you hear it and you're excited. Wow, this is really cool. So Jesus died on the cross like God wants a relationship with me. Wow, that's cool. I'll go to heaven. Everything will be okay now. Sure, I'll do that. Sounds good. Sign me up. But then when challenges come, difficulties arise, and you know they always do. Maybe even more when you give your life to Jesus, because now Satan is mad, and he's going to fight you, and your flesh is going to fight you. This is the shallow experience. It's a short-term excitement that can't last through the challenges up ahead. It's like a fad. It's like a fad. It's like self-help. It's like New Year's resolutions. How many of y'all still doing those? No, don't raise your hand. It's cool. If you did it, great for you. But I bet most of us resolutions are, we don't even make them anymore. It's too hard. This is the kind of heart that says it's too hard to be a Christian. You got, why do I have to do this? I don't want to get up on Sundays. It's like, it's the morning I could sleep in. It's just, it's not worth it. It's, it's too much effort. Man, it's not fun. You think about all the things that we say or we've heard people say of why we stop following Jesus. Pick up your cross. Wait, I thought God was an ATM, not a cross bearer. <laughs> Wait, you mean I got to actually sacrifice to follow Jesus? It's like the rich man who came to Jesus and said, what do I need to do to be born again? He said, follow the commandments. I have done it ever since I was a youth. And he said, one more thing you lack. Go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Then follow me. The Bible says the rich man went away sad because he had a lot of wealth. He couldn't give up his wealth to follow Jesus. And there are a lot of us that have the same challenge. We don't want to push through and really surrender. Verse 22, the one sown among thorns represents one who receives the message, but all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart, and his ambition for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom message until it becomes fruitless. So this soil I call the cluttered heart. Too busy. Got a lot going on. I don't got time to pray. I'm busy, y'all. Read my Bible. Ah! 
I try, but you don't know what I got to do. I mean, I, I got kids to raise, and I got to get them up to work and school, and when I get home, and it's go, 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 and I don't know when I can find time to do that, and I just got so much to do in my job. I got to get a second job because I want to buy that new house, and in order to get that new house, I got to work harder, and so I'm going to work harder, and what if we're not careful, these things could actually distract us. They can clutter our hearts so that we don't even listen anymore. Should I take that job? Should I buy that house? Should I put my kids in more activities? How should we actually manage our life so that you remain the one thing? Activities are not wrong, but they can be distracting. Doing things is not a bad thing. Jobs are a good thing, amen? Aren't you glad the Lord's provided a job? So it's not these things that are necessarily evil or bad in and of themselves. However, if they crowd out the voice of God, if they crowd out time with him, if they crowd out your relationship, then it becomes a problem. Because now there's a lot of competition for your heart. There's a lot of noise that distracts you. Social media, news headlines. There's a lot of things in this world today that distract us. So we can't really hear what God is saying. Because there are so much other things. Everybody's got their opinions. You know another thing that's noisy and makes your heart cluttered? Opinions. What if we gave up our right to have an opinion? That's an aspect of humility. What if we gave up our right to have an opinion? We got to be careful not to be so busy pursuing things and doing this and going there and trying to maintain some kind of lifestyle that we crowd out what is actually life, Jesus. Now you have to understand, this heart, the heart before the shallow heart, is someone who got saved and didn't make it, but this heart, the cluttered heart, is someone who is saved, probably goes to church. Probably spends a little time in the Word, but because there's so many other things cluttering their time, their affection, their attention, it chokes out the Word. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus said, is that these things suffocate. They choke. They suffocate. They, they silence the voice of God in our life. We need to be so careful that we give space and give room for the voice of God to speak into our hearts and in our lives. That means sometimes y'all drive with the radio off in your car. Talk to Jesus, listen. That means instead of getting up the first thing and scrolling through social media, read some scripture. As busy as you might be, I, I was reading yesterday in the book of Mark, it said Jesus took the disciples away from the crowd because they had not even had time to eat yet. <laughs> they know busy, Jesus understands busy. I was a nurse. I can relate to not having time to eat some days. <laughs> but you have to make time to feed on the bread of life, on Jesus Christ. Verse 23, but what was sown on good, rich soil represents the one who hears and fully embraces. Everybody say, fully embrace. This heart fully embraces the message of the kingdom. As a result, their life bears what kind of fruit? Good fruit. And what kind of yield do we get? 30, 60, or even 100. How many of y'all want a retirement account that yields that kind of return? You know, I got my year end on that, and I was like, okay, Lord Jesus, 
it's a good thing my retirement is in your hand and not in this account. But our spiritual blessings, our spiritual blessings, the fruit of our life, what really matters can yield a harvest of 30, 60, 100 times. That means when I take time to listen to the word of God, to respond to it in faith and in obedience, it could accomplish more for me in one sitting than if I'd gone through a year of doing something my own way. Can I, can I be real, real, real with you? When you're super busy and you got a lot of things going on, first of all, I would ask, I would encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit, should I be doing everything that's on my plate? Or, because my plate's too full and it's crowding out Jesus. Come on, we love food Filipinos, right? We got a plate full. There's no room for Jesus. For some reason, I, I don't have time to spend in the Word. So, Jesus, what should come off my plate to make an opening for the bread of life? That's number one. Number two, find ways throughout your day to turn something that you used to do into time spending with Jesus. I already gave you some examples of those things. Here's another thing that you can do. Even if it's just five minutes of quality time with Jesus, start there. Because sometimes the biggest hindrance to spending time with Jesus is like, I don't have an hour. I talked to so-and-so. They say they pray for an hour. I can't pray for a minute. That's okay. Neither could I in the beginning. But as I started, and as I started, and the more I got it, the Holy Spirit developed a greater habit. It's like exercising. You couldn't walk that flight of stairs without huffing and puffing. Now you can climb it without a problem. It's the same principle. The spirit man parallels the natural reality. Why did God do that? So that we could understand the spiritual realities that we live in. And so in order to get a harvest of 30, 60, 100 times, this is what the principle that I've learned is that when you will put God first, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, right? And all these things will be added unto you. I have experienced the times where I give God what I can. Maybe it's five minutes, ten minutes, because the season that I'm in is so busy. But then a paper that should have taken two days took one day. Or a work project that should have taken five hours took two hours. How? Mere grace and mercy. And Aaron, and you thought it was going to take you an hour to get there with traffic. All of a sudden, you get on the freeway, and you're like, whoa, where did everybody go? That's Jesus honoring your time. See, the Lord will give back to you that which you give to him. So you say, oh, I'm too busy to pray. You're too busy not to pray. You need a little extra help in your day? Pray. Maybe instead of spending time debating in your head about a situation and a problem and all the different scenarios, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and if this doesn't work, then I'll talk to so-and-so. What if instead of spending that time planning out all the plans and all the backup plans and all the recourse and all the things you're going to do, you just said, shh, Jesus, help. Instead of strategizing, I'm going to just be in your presence. Speak to me. I'm listening. Oh, what if he gave you the answer? and saved you a lot of emotional stress and anxiety. He can do it. He can do it. The problem is we don't know he can do it because we haven't tried. Okay, everybody say, I, I will try this week. Okay, you said it, you're responsible. <laughs> the person with good soil are those who, whose ears are really open, who want to learn. 
Can I tell you, as a pastor, someone who's grown up in church, Josh, my unit, he asked me at youth group the other night, how many times have you read the Bible? I was like, I don't even know, Josh. A lot? Once? I went, wait, more than once, you know? And he's like, really? And I said, and I still need to read it every day. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm human, and I need the Word of God to help shape my thinking, my understanding, the way I put my life together, the path that I choose to live, so that I am a nice person and not a grumpy one. Yep. The Holy Spirit reminded me at the beginning this year, Don, I've given you some tools to set you up so that you'll, you'll be able to do what I've called you to with a good attitude and strength and energy. Make sure you prioritize those things. Whatever the Holy Spirit gives you as those tools, prioritize time with Him. Your family will be grateful. Come on. <laughs> Your coworkers will notice. Your friends will ask, what makes you so different? And then you can tell them why. Everybody say, Jesus. 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 So here's the remedy for a hard heart. Ezekiel chapter 36. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Right before Daniel. Ezekiel chapter 36. Verse 26 through 27. Well, I'll start on verse 25. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. There it is. And you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away. And you will no longer worship idols. Verse 26. And I will give you a new heart. Everybody say new. new I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony. That's hardness. Stubborn, uh-oh, heart. And I will give you what? A tender, responsive heart. Oh, guys, I can be so stubborn. I don't know about you. I can be stubborn. The Holy Spirit can be talking to me, and I can be dragging my feet, be a little stubborn, a little hard-headed. And I'm just so grateful that he's patient. Amen. Do you know that he's really good at overriding your stubbornness? As long as you continue to say, God, ah, I don't want to, but I will. <laughs> you can be honest with God. It's hard, but I choose to say yes. We need to ask God regularly, Holy Spirit, is there something that's making my heart hard towards you? Is, is there a hard place in my heart maybe because of disappointment? I, I did what, what you told me to do, and I went gung-ho, and I tried my very, very best, but it didn't turn out like I thought it would. Anybody relate? I did everything I thought was right, God, but it didn't turn out like I thought it would. If you're not careful, that could make your heart hard and unresponsive. Disappointment can make your heart hard. Hurt and trauma can make your heart Heart, hard. Unforgiveness will make your hard heart. But the Holy Spirit can come in and take out those stony, stubborn places. And you know, if you, like I got back to the garden analogy, you don't just pick out one rock. The deeper you dig, you find more rocks. It's not just the surface. Oh, we would be so happy if Jesus would leave us alone at the surface. But he doesn't do that because he loves you too much. So he goes deeper. And then he says, here's a little bit more rockiness on, underneath the surface. we got to deal with this. Now, you can let him 
or resist him. You can partner with the Holy Spirit. Let him bring healing to those places of your heart. Choose to forgive. You can ask him to change your attitude. <laughs> and the deeper you go with Jesus, you're going to find that he's so good at what he does. He'll just continue to say, oh, there's another, there's another little rock. Let's deal with this. Can I tell you something? The onus is not on you to figure out what the rocks are in your heart. Let him do it. My father is the gardener. I'm the vine. You're the branch. The father is the gardener. So don't spend your whole day trying to go, what's wrong with me? Jesus, what's wrong with me? Holy Spirit, what's wrong with me? That's not how he wants us to live. You are not good at evaluating yourself. Sometimes the people around you could do a better job, but we won't get into that. We're not good at evaluating ourselves. So if you spend your time in prayer saying, God, what's wrong with me? Is it this? Is it that? Then, then you're actually doing the wrong thing. He's like just sitting there going, if you'll stop, I can tell you. Or maybe sometimes you'll say, there's nothing right now that I want to work with in you. Just be with me. Wow, what if that's what he said? He doesn't want us to live under shame and guilt and heaviness and false responsibility. In Christ, we are free. So let the Holy Spirit examine your heart. Even David said, test me, O oh God. Know me. Search me. He gave God access, but he didn't say, I'll do it, and then we'll talk about it. He said, God, you show me. So when the time comes, God will show you. Now, here's something that I've learned that's so true. If God brings up an issue in your heart, an area of hardness, an area that is making it uh, challenging for you to move into the forward... In, Move forward to the things that God has for you. If God is bringing it to your attention, he knows that with him, you're ready to deal with it. Even some of the painful things from your past, if he brings it up to your attention, he says, with me, you're ready to handle it. And that's the goodness of our father, is that he won't ask you and I to deal with an issue of the heart if we're not ready to. So if he brings it up as hard as it is, you're ready. And can I tell you something? Healing hurts. Healing hurts. The physical body, healing can hurt. You broke your bone, what do they do? Cut you open, reset the bone. That doesn't sound fun, but that's what they do. You got heart blockage, they cut you open. They take veins out of your leg. Healing hurts. And a lot of the trauma and the emotional pains and difficulties we've had, some of the situations we've been in, it can be really hard to face them because healing hurts. But with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you can find a place of healing and wholeness. So we got to let the Holy Spirit do work. Amen? Amen? All right, here's the remedy for the next heart condition. So that's the hard heart. So even though you and I are saved, we should continue to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any areas of our life that he wants to work on. Book of Colossians chapter 2. This is the remedy for a shallow heart. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. So this is the shallow heart. This is the heart that gets really excited. Woo! My sins are forgiven. I can go to heaven. Whoop, whoop. Oh, you want me to tithe? I'm out. Just an illustration. Here's the remedy. And now, everybody say now. now. 
just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Yo, it's an everyday choice. That's why Jesus said, every day, pick up your cross. You want to follow me? Every day, deny yourself. Everybody say, every day. That means there's no days off. <laughs> Verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Just in case you don't know who is him. Let your roots grow down into Jesus. Build your lives on Jesus. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth. Whose truth? Jesus, that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. The way to avoid a shallow Christian experience is to choose every day to follow him no matter what and to grow your roots in Jesus, not religion. In Jesus, not good works. In Jesus, not routine. In Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The cluttered heart, Matthew 6, verse 19 and 20. I'm going to read from the Amplified, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 21. Oh, my heart is that you hear this and receive it and respond to it. Verse 21, 19 through 21, Amplified. Do not store up for yourselves material treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures, where? In heaven, where neither moth nor rust nor worm can consume and destroy, and where thieves cannot break in and steal. Everybody read the next part. For where your treasure is, there your heart. Now how does it define heart? Your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers. Can we go to the next, next verse? Right? Oh, no, go back. Sorry. Go back one. Is it up there? Do I see it? No. Okay, I'm going to read it off of mine. Y'all just listen. Here we go. This is how it defines heart. Your wishes, your desires, and that on which your life centers. What does your life center on? If your life centers around just busyness, day-to-day -day activities, if your life is centered on your family, if your life is centered on your success, your career, your portfolio, your finances, if your life is centered on comfort and pleasures and possessions, then you won't be able to receive all that Jesus has for you. And this is like the biggest trick that the enemy plays on Christians. I can't stop you from believing in Jesus, but I can make you so distracted and busy that you don't spend time with him. I can plant weeds all in your thought life and in your life. I get you so worried about maintaining this kind of lifestyle, and I get you so concerned with these issues and these problems, and I just get you busy and distracted, and I make you addicted to video games and addicted to food and addicted to this and that, and I fill up your time and your space so that what you're pursuing is no longer Jesus. You believe, but I'm going to get you so distracted that you can't receive. This is what you and I need to guard our hearts against. Every time, myself included, life 
can get so crazy and busy and there's a lot going on and there are a lot of demands and a lot of things that pull on our life but where your treasure is your heart will be also that means if I treasure the Word of God as I should properly treasure it then I will spend time in the Word of God if I treasure my relationship with God as I rightly should treasure it then he becomes a priority you want to know how I know? Because you spend time with the people you want to spend time with. Outside work. Choice there, right? Got to work. But outside work, you spend as much time as you want with the people you want. You don't want to spend time with them? Oh, I'm busy. Uh-oh. Oh, sorry. So-and-so wants to go out. What do you want to say? Uh, I think I'm com coming down with... What? <laughs> but if God is the treasure of my life, if his word is the treasure of my life, worship team, come up. If my desire is for more of Jesus, then I will prioritize my life accordingly. And that's what will protect me from becoming the cluttered soil. See, the enemy's like, I can't stop you. There's going to be some good fruit that grows, but I can sure as heck try to fill up the soil with so many other things that it chokes out all that God intended for you to have. And the reality is, my friends, my brothers and sisters, the reality is that you and I often miss out on what God has for us because of the clutteredness of our life. And we need more. Everybody say more. I want to read one last scripture, and then we're going to sing firm foundation. No, let's do give me Jesus. Yes, give me Jesus. James chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. Again, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. So this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit. Everybody say sensitive spirit. With a sensitive spirit. Again, that's the open receptive, responsive heart, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within what? Our nature. So where does the seed of God's word go? Deep inside our hearts. I find myself praying often, Lord, I need you to get your truth deep inside of me. I need to know the truth of who you are and what you say, not just here, but deep inside my nature because what does it goes on to say for the word of life has what power to continually deliver us put the scripture back up please for the word of God has power to continually deliver us continually because let's be honest we continually need that don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it for this is the essence of self-deception. I'm good with God. I went to church today. I'm good. I scrolled on social media and read one of those verses. I'm good. I'm good with God. Things are going okay. I'm good with God. Self-deception. Don't go through the motions of serving Jesus. Be real in your walk with him. Choose to be sensitive, open-minded, teachable, 
responsive. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. I like that. Will you stand to your feet, please? I want you to read that last line in the Passion Translation with me. Okay? So always let his word, be, read it, become like poetry written and fulfilled. We must choose to let his word come into us. We must respond to it. If you don't believe God's word, the problem is not God's word. It's your thinking. If you read something in God's word and you're like, well, I don't believe it because I've never seen it. The problem is not God's word. The problem is you're relying on your experiences instead of the truth of who God is and what his word says. I'd like you to close your eyes in this moment. And I want you to invite Holy Spirit first. We're going to just deal with the remedy for the hard heart in Ezekiel. Ask the Holy Spirit if there's an area of hardness in your heart that is making it very difficult for you to be teachable right now, to respond in obedience. And if it is, ask right now and repent. And then make a determination. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to walk it out in obedience. If it's forgiveness, let it go and forgive. If it's something else, respond to the Holy Spirit. As for a shallow heart, if you said, you know what? Yeah, I've lost my passion for the Lord. I, I gotten lukewarm. I'm not as on fire for Jesus as I once was because life's knocked me around a bit and I'm not where I should be. But today the Lord is saying, come home. I've got you. Let your roots grow in me. Be strong in me and my word. If you've lost the fire, I want you to ask Holy Spirit to stir that up again, to fan into flames first love. Ask him to fan into flames first love. If you've gotten complacent and lazy, say, God, right here, I'm making a decision today. I need more of you. I am sorry for being lazy and complacent in my walk with you. I am sorry for not pushing through the hard times and letting my love grow cold. Or maybe you're like a lot of us and the, and the problem is a cluttered heart. If you're really honest, you haven't spent quality time with Jesus in a long time. Today's the day. Ask the Holy Spirit, can you begin to reprioritize my heart? Make Jesus the treasure of my heart. Come on, in this place, I want you to lift your hands and surrender in repentance. I want you just to talk to him. The band's just going to play quiet. No one's going to talk or sing for a bit. I just want you to respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. What is he speaking to you? The Holy Spirit will show you and just respond. If you need to repent, repent. If you need him to blow over the coals of your heart to ignite them again, invite the Ruach, the breath of God to blow across your heart. Forgive us, God. 
Thanks for listening to our podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Visit us in person or online at hwcim.org. 